But like the thing is that the same thing happens in entrepreneurship. Except unfortunately what's up happening is that when that happens in entrepreneurship, you just end up just signing on to even more Mondays that you hate, right? You end up just signing on to doing something that you don't want to do and you know that there's something that you're meant to do, right? And so there's like this gap and this void. And so then you're like, oh, you know, let me go to grad school. Or then you're like, oh, let me let me apply for this job. Or like, then you're like, oh, it's a new company. I need a new company. Or you're just like, you know what? I need to get kids. Let me just get some kids. Like, And it's just like people just trying to fill things. And it's like, there's a void. And it's essentially the void is that you're not doing what it is that you want to do. And that's why people end up doing stuff and waking up one day and it's like, Oh, that's not actually. And maybe some people realize it when they're 20. Some people realize it in there. My belief is that these whole crises, quarter life crisis and midlife crisis and near end life crisis are just rooted on people realizing that their life has caught up to them and they don't quite like how it actually ended up turning out. Like there was something else that they would rather have had. In What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? Understandably, a tough question for any 20-something to answer. So join me, your host, Taylor Marks of the Rise Year podcast, as I talk with some cool people about what they do and occasionally go on long rants of my own about the pains of growing up. Today's guest is one of the most energetic and lively people I've ever spoken with. The amount of just joy that she has about what she's doing and the message that she's spreading and the lives that she's helping change is incredible. But also just the joy that she has for life. Vanessa Zami is the founder of Your Vision's Catalyst, creator of the Hustle and Breathe Business Accelerator, and a best-selling author of Finish, the Solopreneur's Guide to Getting Stuff Done. I focus on helping nine-to-fivers on building their business, profit-producing, purpose-driven business, even with their demanding day job that they have going on. And so I'm of the mindset and coaching and practices that essentially the way this is the way also the way that I built my consulting company, Your Visions Catalyst, through which I do this coaching, consulting, and advising for nine and fivers on making sure that you are moving forward in your purpose and moving forward in what it is that you want to do. And you're doing that in a way that is, you know, responsible and it's going to be efficient and effective for all the things that you also have going on in life. And so that's what I do. And I do that mainly through my six-month business accelerator called the Keeping Moving Business Accelerator. All right. So I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York and Boston, Massachusetts. And then I've been in California for about 10 years. And yeah, okay, cool. That's it. <laughs> the speed intro. So then how did you kind of get on this path? Because looking at your journey, like you've had some roles in some traditional kind of career settings, but obviously that's not where you are now. I would say, so the way that I, well, first I wanted to be a doctor. Um, so way back when I was like, oh, I'm going to be, I was growing so fast. I've been the same height since I was a uh, 10. But I was like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to get to five, nine. I'm going to be America's Next Top Model. Cause I was like a, a whole show thing back in then. Um, and I was like, yeah, it's going to be me. And then didn't get to five, nine, didn't get to five, nine. No, but I was like, okay, well that's out the door. And I was like, oh, and I also like to eat. So I'm like, oh, no, thanks. But uh, anyways, point being, <laughs> so so that didn't happen. Okay, cool. Then I was like, okay, I like numbers. Maybe I'll be an accountant. And then I heard about how boring it was. And I was like, nope. Okay, next. Then, <laughs> then eventually I spent most of my essentially like high school, late middle school years and essentially saying, I'm going to be a doctor. 
And then it was a path of like figuring out what. So I was like, I'm gonna be a neurosurgeon. I had a whole 13 year plan. I went to college, like, yeah, I'm pre-med and I'm gonna be a neurosurgeon. I'm gonna go to Johns Hopkins, I'm gonna be the whole situation. Like, yeah, cool, great. That was a plan, great. So then what happened, fast forward, I'm not a doctor, did not go to medical school. But anyways, how did that happen? I went, but it was the end, well, no, it was the beginning of freshman year. And I knew that at some point in time, I was going to fill out these medical school applications in about two to three years time. And I remember saying, okay, one of the questions that they're probably going to ask is like, why are you doing this? Right? Like they're probably going to ask that question. So then I was like, okay, why am I doing this? I want to help people. And to me, that wasn't a strong enough answer to me. I was like, eh, if I read the application, someone that said they want to help people, is that strong enough? Like, eh, no. So then I went on this whole path of like trying to figure out like, what is it? Like, why is the why? So I started reaching out to friends and peers who are now graduating from med school and doing all the things. So I was like, yeah. So all my, my feet is always filled with pre-med med school people. And I'm like, oh, I remember we were doing office hours together, problem sets, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but anyways, point being that I then was asked some of their questions and they all had like this whole like powerful story. And I was like, yeah, I just want to help people. So then I said, <laughs> by the end of freshman year, by the end of, no, beginning of sophomore year, I then was like, okay, maybe there's something else that, I just don't know, which probably was the case. So I grew up essentially in a low background. My mother is, I'm first generation born in America. My mother's from Haiti. And so she and me, her, and then my aunts as well, like more like nurses, like that's a, that was the Haitian thing to do in New York. You become like a nurse, um, either actual nurse or a nurse aide. My mother became like a nurse aide. I won't say actual nurse, but like either RNA or CNA is like different levels. And so my mother became like a nurse's aide or whatever. So my whole experience was like in a health space. And I was just like, mm, I don't want to be a nurse. I want to be someone above the nurse. So essentially that I want to be a doctor. Not that anyone's above the nurse, but anyone listening who's health professionals, everyone's important. Yes. But essentially in my mind, back when I was in a child, I was like, let me not struggle in my life and let me get a, you know, sister salary. So I was like, okay, cool. Fast forward, yeah. So then now in college, and so feel free to stop me anytime, Taylor. So then I decided to like, go to a career fair. I was like, oh, let me go to a career fair. It's beginning of sophomore year. I'm like, maybe there's someone else out there. So I went to the career fair with like my gray suit, you know, the one gray suit I had. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to this career fair. My job is Silicon Valley at this point. It's like hot and sunny, but I went to this career fair. And that's when I learned about there are other things out there pretty much, right? There are other ways that you can like help other people and all that such things. So that then got me this whole like, so what do I want to do with my life? I don't want to be a doctor. Ooh. And other such things. So with that in mind, and I did pass organic chemistry. I did get past organic chemistry. That's a big yeah. props. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <good> for you. <laughs> Thanks. But yeah, but essentially I ended up ultimately deciding towards the end of my second year that I was like, mm, no, you know, let me just. And one of the things where I took physics over the summer. When I went back to Massachusetts, I take physics over the summer because I was like, oh, let me clear up my calendar because there's no like pre-med degree so I was like taking pre-med on top of like whatever degree I would have to be doing so I was like well let me free up my calendar space for like whatever degree I would end up be doing so I decided to take physics over the summer and I did at the Harvard Extension School and pretty much there were just like a bunch of people there like there was a woman there who literally was like I was a journalist internationally for like 20 plus years and now I'm deciding to be a doctor so now I'm in this physics extension school so then right but it's actually like there are many people and then there was someone else who was like oh, my dad's a doctor. I decided not to go to be a doctor. I decided to do something else. And now I'm back here. Don't do an extension school to become a doctor. Point being, I met a lot of people that summer. And I was just like, okay, so even if I decide not to do a doctor today, it's not going to be the end of the world. I can always come back to it. So I decided that, okay, I was going to like pause. I'm just going to see what else is out there. Ultimately ended up then learning about consulting. You no, know, I joined a business program for underrepresented backgrounds in business. 
shout out to Magic Leisure for tomorrow, MLT. Woo woo. Okay. So did that and then learned about consulting there and just like the field of consulting. And like in my mind, it was like, oh, you just solve problems all day. Oh, I can do that. I do that. <laughs> so that really interested me in the consulting space. And also just because the way that they pitch to you is that, you know, you have to do different, different, different companies, different industries. And so that really impacted me. So that's how I ended up into business. Also, I would say that my, another sort of justification for me in terms of like, why I was like, oh, but it's business. It's like business, mm, you know, like, ooh, for profit, mm, you know, like, like corporate, ooh, you know. And the way that I justified it to myself was also, I had a prior sort of, I don't want to say past life, but so I've been working since I was like, you know, high school, middle school. And so, but anyways, I mostly worked in like more nonprofit spaces and nonprofit centers, organizations. And so for me, I was like, okay, let me go into this for-profit space and at least bring that back to the nonprofit space, right? And so it's like, let me help these big companies and learn how to help these big companies and also help the small companies. Well, that's what I would end up be doing. And so that was sort of the intention there. So I went to for-profit, went to consulting, had a wonderful, wonderful time traveling around the world and just different companies, different industries. It was great, gathering my points. I was living a high life, you know, eating five course meals and not paying for it. It was great. Cool. So with that being said, I then decided, okay, let me go into more industry and industry. So that's what got me into an repair company, Fortune company, also in the strategy team, always doing strategy and whatever it is I was doing. Cause I'm just a natural problem solver. One of my zone of geniuses. And then each time though, each time I would like move, each time I would get promoted, each time I would like something would happen, salary would increase. And I remember I spoke with three different financial advisors. And they were like at different times of my life in different salary points. And in summary, they all said, no, Vanessa. They said, you, you're go no, you, you know, you can't really buy your mother that house right now. You focus on retirement, like 40 years from now, like 30 years from now, like just focus on retirement. And then it was just like, how am I making more money? And you telling me the, the same answer, like, what? Like, what do you mean? I can't do my goals. I can't travel around. Like, what are you talking about? I'm traveling now. Anyway, it was the whole situation. So there was that. And then I read um, Rich Dad Poor Dad and reading that book then opened my eyes to like other more uh, other ways of living life and just like how accessible it was and could be, at least in this country, at least in America, how accessible it could be to, you know, just like build a business or just work for yourself or, you know, actually attain a financial freedom. And it was essentially not through doing what it is that I was currently doing, which was through the job and all that stuff. My goal was like, I was going to be a Fortune 100 company CEO. That's my, that's my goal there. But that was the whole situation. Anyways, fast forward then, I read that book. I had my friend who paid me for a service because I also have a zone of genius of getting stuff done and like productivity and goal setting and all that jazz. So pretty much she hit me up because she was looking to get a podcast going, but like a creative fiction writing drama podcast. And so then she hit me up. She's like, Vanessa, you're like really good at like, just like project management type stuff. Like I just got this grant. Can I just give you a little and you can like help me out? And then, so, <laughs> so did that happen while well, still doing my day job and I also volunteer as well too in the community. But yeah, so then fast forward a couple months from that, I then woke up on, on a Sunday and was just like, oh snap, that's what people like. Oh my God, that's it. Like I need to like how people get stuff done and like accomplish their goals and achieve their goals because that's what I've done in my life and and all that other stuff. Still, still have more goals to go though, but you know, in terms of where I'm now, like I've, I've actually accomplished quite a lot. So, but with that being said, that's how that Your Business Catalyst started. And I just woke up one Sunday morning, was in a trance and was just like, oh my gosh, like, yes, like this is it. Me helping people arrive at their realities and catalyze their visions. And oh my God, yeah. Yeah, and then a month later, the business was born logo done, design done, registration done, website done, 
cool yeah you know put a lot of thought on things but then I also act fast uh, and then it was like okay how to get clients so but yeah that's pretty much how that happened a couple of years back and fast forward to today oh and I built the business while so I was in my day job at the same time while I was building the business and so it's like hasn't changed but so oh, I'm still in the still in the day job working the business and pretty much just that's allowed me to also get a team of people too so that's been great got my team people marketing sales team love them they're great and yeah that's me that's a long answer I got a lot of points to kind of kind of cover awesome. from that so the first is like I think that's a super relatable point that you brought up of like you were applying for med school and you didn't think that just wanting to help people was like a strong enough pull for you to want like get in or like even endure the lengthy process and mm-hmm. just wait that med school would pr- put on your your mind and your body for that entire like 13 years is amazing that you were able to kind of come to terms with that earlier rather than later because I think that you know, when I was in college two years ago, or I even still have friends like applying now who are either removed from school and have been working and trying to get in and, or they're still in school. It's like, that's such uh, oh my gosh. I just, the, the mere thought of like going to med school and just wanting to help people doesn't seem like a strong enough pull to like want to apply and endure all of that. And like yeah. mad props that you were able to kind of reroute and figure out like yeah, you can help people, but you can also do that in different ways. Like it doesn't just mean like you have to be a doctor in order to like actually help people and change their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Or it doesn't mean that you have to work a nonprofit and struggle for the rest of your life to change your lives. Right. And so <laughs> that's pretty much the two options that I had like known about. And so it was like, you know, going to that career fair was like, oh, there's other things out there in the world. Oh, snap. But yes. The second one is like, funny enough, I actually started reading it today. I've had it on my shelf for, for a bit while I was reading something else is I started reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So I'm excited based off of what you said, what you've learned from it, gaining that insight. What was like the top one or two points that you took away from the book? Yes. And for those who haven't read it yet, it's a very conceptual type of book. So it's very much like a, you make what it is that you make of it <laughs> type of book in order to get you going. But I'll say the top point that I learned was really that there's another way to live life. And when I say it's another way to live life, it was very much, you know, I had gotten stuck in, the, okay, you get a job, someone pays you and like you get a job, someone pays you, right? And then if that doesn't work out, you switch jobs, you go to another company or you just adapt. But essentially, and at the time I had been in the corporate space where I was like, okay, I guess this is a chess game. Well, I like chess because I got to play the game chess. Cool. That's fine. Good thing I like chess. But so there was a lot of that in there too. And so, but essentially my big takeaway was that there was another way to live life. And yes, everyone who I knew was either they went to grad school, they were going to grad school, they were applying to MBA, like master's in business programs, or they were going through the corporate space. You know, they were just moving in that path. And essentially it was very much like, there's another path available, but also there's another path available for me. And the reason why I add that point in there is because yes, I had been to Silicon Valley at the time and that, like entrepreneurship came into my vocabulary and I went over to California and I learned, and I was in Silicon Valley. And I was like, oh, entrepreneurship, cool. But then I learned that term, right? And I'm still not like, I'm still I'm trying to be a doctor and then I'm not trying to be a doctor. And then like, you know, but at the same time, it was very much like, okay, there's this thing that some people do called entrepreneurship. 
okay, right? And then when I remember that poor dad, I was like, oh, wait, 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 pause, pause. There's a thing that anyone could do called entrepreneurship. And it's actually very accessible and very feasible. And that is, that was my big takeaway from it. The other second takeaway was real estate investing. Do that, cool. Both like super valid points. I mean, I think entrepreneurship, a lot of people deem it as something that you have to be a specific type of person in order to like pursue that path and so most people probably don't even consider it because a lot of times I think it it goes like hand in hand with tech when like entrepreneurship is like selling your artwork or just repurposing content or like literally you can go flip furniture or something that's entrepreneurship whatever you want to do like you can take an entrepreneur route and twist it to fit your mold And it's also the caveat to that is that it's a little riskier to obviously go out on your own and to not have to show up for anyone like you're in charge of yourself. Yeah. And that's where people have a lot of difficulty in that transition of entrepreneurship is, you know, being in charge of yourself. Right. And that's a lot of, I say that's probably why a lot of businesses end up failing is because of that, you know, you like it is you, like you are controlling you and a lot of people can't control themselves, right? And, but that's why the, but that's why the importance of like doing mindset work and getting a coach and getting someone who like keep you accountable ends up being important, right? It's like kind of like, it's like people with a resolution. I want to lose weight. I'm gonna lose 50 pounds this year, right? And then they, maybe they get the clothes. Maybe they signed up to a gym membership. Maybe they got a Peloton and they're like, yay, woohoo, year's off to a great start. And then week three, it's like, Eh, later, week four, eh, later, six months later, next year, <laughs> right? And, but like, the thing is that the same thing happens in entrepreneurship, except unfortunately what's up happening is that when that happens in entrepreneurship, you just end up just signing on to even more Mondays that you hate, right? You end up just signing on to doing something that you don't want to do. And you know, that there's something that you're meant to do. Right. And so there's like this gap in this void. And so then you're like, oh, you know, let me go to grad school. Or then you're like, oh, let me, let me apply for this job. Or like, then you're like, oh, it's a new company. I need a new company. Or you're just like, you know what? I need to get kids. Let me just get some kids. Like, and it's just like people just trying to fill things. And it's like, there's a void. And it's essentially the void is that you're not doing what it is that you want to do. And that's why people end up doing stuff and waking up one day and it's like, Oh, that's not actually, and maybe some people realize it when they're 20, some people realize it in there. My belief is that these whole crises, quarter life crisis and midlife crisis and near end life crisis are just rooted on people realizing that their life has caught up to them and they don't quite like how it actually ended up turning out. Like there was something else that they would rather have had. Do you find that with your clients, that's like the biggest thing to work on is the mindset shift because ultimately like if you're able to shift your mindset and kind of rearrange and reorganize like how you're thinking then in turn like all of these other things theoretically would just kind of like fall in place I would say yes in terms of it is a big like mindset where it's a really big part of it so I'm all about taking care of your business also take care of yourself because at the end of the day when it comes to entrepreneurship And as, especially when you're starting out, you're a solopreneur, (laughs) you are, you are solo, you're doing it yourself. And so at the end of the day, you are your business, right? Like if Taylor and I scheduled time to connect and she didn't show up, well, what do I do? Record the podcast by myself? Like, you know, like, you know, I'm not going to like record her podcast for her. Right. And so that's really because that's at the end of the day, it's you needed to show up for your business. Right. But Taylor could have easily been like, oh, Vanessa, another day, I'm too tired today. Or oh, I'm too exhausted, or oh, I don't want to show, oh, let me push it, let me push it, right? And that's what a lot of entrepreneurs end up doing is that 
they do end up like pushing it out or they just like say no to it and things that they don't end up showing up. And so when you're not showing up, no one else is going to show up for your business. Literally no one else is going to show up for your business. Right. And I mean, right. If anything, you probably have family and friends saying, well, at least you tried. Right. Or like, I told her, I knew she couldn't do it. I knew she couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and the thing is that it really, it comes down to, you know, yourself and how it is that you are showing up, but also how it is like, who it is that you're surrounding yourself with as well too. When it comes down to it, right. Are you surrounding yourself with positive people? Are you surrounding yourself with people who keep giving you a job application? Just, they just keep sending you job applications because they're just like, oh, here's a job, here's a job, here's a job. And it's like, this is, I'm, I'm working on business. I'm working on business. They're like, yeah, but we see you struggling. Here you go. Here's a job. Here's a job. I'm just like, they just don't get it. Right. Essentially. And they try to be helpful, but they're like, they're not at the same time because they're just not the right people for you. So it's a, it's a lot of that that shapes like the environment that you're in, but also just you yourself and what is that you're believing. I remember those one client I had, for example, she is a mother of two kids and a wife and she's a day job demanding day job. And she also has her business that's like blowing up and growing and it's great. We about to have her leave a job in less than a month. But anyways, point being that, <laughs> let me not jinx it, rock on wood, okay? But uh, point being that she, at some point, like we had a conversation, like even though her business was growing at like, the point where it was growing, right? We had, a, had to have a conversation where, cause we got on the phone, Jen spoke to me in like 30 days. Like I'm checking it, I'm like messaging her. I'm like, oh, how's it going? What's up? And she's like, oh, it's good. You know, one more answer is one more. I'm like, mm, okay, okay. And then I'm like, oh, you know, time to schedule time. And she schedules time for like three weeks. And I'm like, maybe I said something in the last call. Like maybe she felt some sort of way about what I said. Maybe I said something, I don't know. And so, but then eventually we connect. And it's like the end of, I would say the end of November, end of October. And we ended up connecting and we got on the phone. And she literally was just like, I was like, you know, I have this whole report. I have uh, my clients fill out. It's just like, what you've been up to, what have been wins. And she literally came on this phone call. She's like, yeah, Vanessa, I didn't network. I didn't market at all my business. I didn't share with anyone. I just been focusing on just getting my current clients and just getting them their work done, their deliverables done for them. Cause she's a consultancy and just getting their websites done and getting their work done. And I haven't marketed at all, you know, you know, I'm not really sure about this business thing and also all this stuff. Okay. Literally sound like someone who's trying to shut down her business. Right. And Unfortunately, what ended up happening, we uncovered it a lot more, but essentially what ended up happening was imposter syndrome. So sort of is a fear of success, but a fear of success rooted in imposter syndrome. And that for her, like for her, she ended up, like she's doing digital marketing and essentially for her, she doesn't have a degree in it. She doesn't have like, she didn't go to any design school. She's just naturally good at it. Like people, like she's just good at it, right? Like it wasn't anything that she like studied in. So in her mind, it was like, you know, someone would like, pull rip off the you know what is it rip off the plug um, pull the covers or whatever it is <laughs> but they would essentially like see behind the curtain and like you know open up the curtain and like oh like and there was a little bit of fear that was in there too but really at the end of the day I did have to have a conversation with her back to okay why is it that you're doing this I know the answer to this but essentially it helps when other people say the answer out loud to themselves so we can address that but essentially it was like you know why are you doing this and she's doing this business and doing this entrepreneurship route is to set an example for her kids right? To set an example for them on, yes, you can go the corporate route, but you can also do something else. Because her story is that she's always had this creative bone in her body, but she didn't have anyone encouraging her towards it. If anything, she had someone encouraging her not to do it. Because, you know, being an artist is like, oh, you know, et cetera. And now she had gone through her corporate career, 15 plus years, corporate life, you know, and then now she's back to this creative bone, right? That she had even when she was a child. And 
you know, it was sort of one of those days where like she even went to cosmetology school and high school. She even got like a license and, but she ended up going to college, getting a day job, doing the corporate cubicle stuff for the next 15 plus years for Fortune 500 companies. Right. And now she's back to this whole design thing. And at the end of the day, it was very much like for her, she felt someone would like, pull that current away for her she felt like she like, didn't deserve it she was just like why is this business growing it is just very like oh you know let me just like keep on this job like let me just close out my clientele so it's very like because it's the comfort right the discomfort was coming in in terms of the success is happening it's a new feeling right it's a new mode of being and how how does she handle that right in addition to you know productivity and how do you work with time to get things done what you need to get done um, which I also have to navigate too but a lot of that mindset stuff of the fear and imposter syndrome and yeah but that's our chat she's already she's good to go you know she's like oh my god just she's like I just chat with you Vanessa oh I was also energetic it's like oh great motivated again and I'm like yep <laughs> that's why you have a coach and so but things that there are a lot of entrepreneurs who end up reaching that stage and then bye-bye their business goals right and for another 10 years and then the next recession happens. They're like, oh, yeah, that thing I was doing. And na, 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 na. And unfortunately, um, that's what ends up happening and doesn't need to happen, right? Because you can move forward in your business the way that you need to. Out of that, that story, I have one point and then one's more of a question. So what I thought was super impactful about what you said was having people around you that are handing you job applications, which was a very interesting way to kind of frame that. And I've never heard it said quite like that, but I think that is like a very interesting way to kind of approach that and look at like who you're surrounding yourself with and like trying to bring in those positive influences that want you to succeed in this endeavor that you're ultimately trying to like make your life and enjoy what you're doing. So how do you recommend that people go about pursuing that path and finding those types of people then? I mean, there are different entrepreneurial communities out there and that's what it comes down to, right? So for me, in terms of, and I'll preface this by saying for me, I didn't have anyone around me who was like readily available to be like, I'm also an entrepreneur. Let's all be friends. Like, no. So with that being said, it was very much, you know, the online space and the online world, but also I went to different events in person. And so I, this is pre-COVID. So I went to events in person and while in California and I, you know, was just like connecting with people with, who are also interested in like real estate investing, connecting with people who are also interested in financial freedom and traditional wealth and build, building a legacy, right? And just connecting with those people and just finding that energy, finding that vibe. And we still connect even to this day, you know, years later. And so, but just checking in on each other. And so there's that, right? In terms of keeping yourself surrounded by those people, meeting them at events, going to spaces that are, you know, for entrepreneurs or going to spaces who are, that are for people who are, you know, maybe financial freedom basis. There's some people looking to be financially free by investing in other people's deals in real estate, but you're like trying to do your own thing. That's fine. Be in the same space. It's all, everyone's just trying to get some money and wealth and share it around the world. That's it, right? <laughs> Make a positive impact. Well, not everyone, but you know, the people you want to vibe with, they're going to be there. Don't worry. They're going to be there. But, and that's really essentially how it came about. And just be putting myself in that space. I would say the first event I ended up going to was the Essence Fest in New Orleans. And it was an entrepreneurship forum they were having during that event. And so I went to that event and I met some other entrepreneurs who, you know, I was like, ooh, potential clients. Ooh. But essentially um, that was like sort of like the first event I went to that was kind of like people with my vibe. And then I'm going to the festival by myself because my friends were like, oh no, I don't have the funds. And I was like, okay, I already bought the tickets for myself though. So I'm gonna just go anyway. So it was fun. It was a great time. 
And then I just continue going to the events and meeting other people from there. So I'd say for other people looking to meet people, meetup.com. Meetup is great. I, I have like three meetups, like meetup.com, right? So meetup.com is amazing. Eventbrite for events that you need. Some are free, some you got to pay a ticket. And then also online space. So Facebook has a lot of groups as well too. Clubhouse is also popular for those who have an Apple phone. I have an Android. So, but for those who have an Apple phone, you can, you're welcome to go on Clubhouse. And here is like a good place to at least meet other people as well too, who are in the space for you. Right. And the thing is that, you know, yes, your family is important. Yes. Your friends are important. Right. And they're great for you. And the thing is that it, it might be time for you to make some new friends. You know, it might be time for you to make some hashtag new friends and, you know, that's okay. Cause you know what, maybe you're the real ride or die friends that you got going on right now. They might share your post when you launch, right? They might, you know, be there for you when you're like, can you just write a review so I can get on the algorithm? They might be there for you for that. Right. And depending on the product that you have. My friends weren't like that because that would mean that they would have to say they want to do business coaching. That's not a thing that they want to do. So I didn't have those friends, but some of my clients do have those friends. So I'm like, text them, tell them the, to use them what you can, right? So those friends are the supportive ones and they'll, you know, share your posts and they'll, you know, be rooting for you. And hopefully they'll also be liking your post. So it pops up on the algorithm. But really at the end of the day, when you think about your day-to-day, right, you, you need the friend who's like, here's this entrepreneurship book I read, right? Or here's this person I just met, or here's this event that'll be great for you, right? Versus the person's like, here's, here's the speaker who's all about staying in your job, or here's someone who's all about, or here's a, I hear, I know you don't like where you work right now. Totally get that. Here's a job application to something else for you to do, right? Because they're just not getting it, right? They care, but they're just not getting it, right? And the thing is, you're just not going to, you're not going to teach them. You got to show them. You just got to, you guys got to do what you got to do. They'll get it together, right? (laughs) Now is just not the time for them. And that's okay. You just got to make some new friends so you can keep yourself together. What if those friends happen to be family members or people that like you can't well you could in theory I guess cut mm-hmm. that. but like what how would you go about dealing with that type of situation then yes family family same thing honestly that's what I was, I was I'll say there I mean the thing is someone calls you on your phone you have the option to not pick up right you have the option to send a text message you have the option like with and you have the option, right? It is an option that you have, right? You have the option to like, you can, it's really just a matter of what do you want to keep around in the space for you, right? And yes, family is important. Maybe you'll go to that family reunion every year. You will go. It doesn't mean you don't go to the family reunion. It just means that you may not take, you know, cousin Kathy's call every single day complaining about XYZ, ABC and tell you like, you may not take that call every night, right? You might, you might bring it down to every week, but guess what? You may not be cousin Kathy's only cousin. So if you don't answer the phone, she don't call someone else. That's okay. <laughs> like, you know, you have to be okay with that, right? That is okay at the end of the day. And the thing is, you know, if let's say something bad does happen in the family and you miss and you miss a call. The thing is, if something bad, if people actually want you to, if something actually happens in the family, right? Chances are they're not just gonna call you one time, right? They're gonna text you, you know, knock on your door, they're gonna call, like they, you won't get the message, right? So you don't like it's not, it's not anything that's well, hopefully you get the message. Right. And the thing is that if they want you to get the message, you don't get the message. Right. And so this is not anything. Usually what's happening is that you have the people who are calling you just to like check in and just like talk stuff. Right. And you, you can decide, do you want to talk stuff or do you want to talk entrepreneurship? You have the option. Right. And you have to be okay with that. And they might get mad at you. 
right? But guess what? They don't love you when you invite them to your party that's on like, you know, some hotel somewhere and you're paying for their plane. Like they don't love you after that, you know? Or they might ask you for money, you know, in the future, <laughs> you know, whatever it may be. But it's, it's a matter of when it comes to family and friends, it's yes, it's difficult. It is difficult, right? To say no to people, to say like, to cut those ties. It is difficult no matter what you're doing, right? And some people might be even thinking about their spouse that they're in with right now who may not be supporting them. Right. And at the end of the day, yes, it is difficult. Right. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Right. It's a matter of thinking about this way. Like you are, chances are you're doing this business and you're looking to perform your purpose bigger than you. Right. It is bigger than it is like the impact you're trying to make in your community. It is the generational wealth you're trying to leave behind for your grandkids. Right. Not even kids, your grandkids. Right. It's the legacy you're trying to create and, you know, leave behind for whatever that faithful day comes. Right. And so it's bigger than you and you need to understand and accept that. And you have to make decisions. It'll, it'll be tough decisions, but it'll be worthwhile in the end. Right. And the thing is that you don't want to pull everyone away. That's why you also have to bring new people in. You got to keep take people out so you can bring in helpful new people in. Right. You got to make the room and your contacts, make the room, <laughs> make the room, just make the room. So, yeah. All right. I can definitely tell why you're a coach and why you're good at your job. You got a little bit of tough love going on with some high energy and you're like, let's get a bunch of shit done right now. Like, like just transferring through the, through the screen here right now. And I can just feel it. Like you make me want to like get up and just get a bunch of stuff done. Like after this call, I'm like, Oh buddy. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yes. Yes. That's yeah. Your bitch is callous. Yes. indeed. <laughs> So the other question, do you think that society slash like the way the school system is set in place right now where it's very rigid and there's like a syllabus and like you hit one marker and then you go to the next grade and so on and so forth. And we have these like pre-built expectations of what you need to go from A to B and then so on and so forth that when people go off on their own and they're not doing a job that's, you know, necessarily with mile markers that that's where the disconnect kind of comes in is they don't know how to then set their own parameters and like what it looks like or what it would actually take to get from A to C. Oh, there's a lot in there. Education system. And <laughs> how do you prepare yourself to self-manage, self-manage yourself? So I talk about like the second half of my book is on self-management pretty much. It's like, that's the the second half of getting stuff done is like self-management piece. But what I will say is that this education system is contributing. And I'll preface this by saying, folks, I, I was a straight A student. I will preface this by saying, like, I, you know, I was a straight A student. I didn't really well in school. Because usually what ends up happening, you have people who talk about how, school, how bad school is and they like didn't do well in school, right? And so I will say, like, I, <laughs> I did well in school, public school, urban public schools, okay? So <laughs> what I will say is that I believe that the school system, the way it is, like there's a lot of issues with the education system, but in terms of that whole, like what you were talking about with the mile markers and processes and like, you know, you're told to do this and you're told to do that. And that's how like it works. I definitely think that's not helping. That's not helping people at all, right? And it is in a sense like harming people in that it is getting, especially you have someone else and you're just used to someone else just like dictating your life, right? And a part of how I was, how I am the way I am today is that, you know, I was, my mother was taking food, water, shelter, and then I just lived about my life, okay? I had the keys to the apartment at the age of seven. I was on the train. My friends and I would walk to and from school by ourselves. 
Like we just lived our lives, okay? And, and I think, and honestly, like that independence probably led me to where I am today and that I have like, I'm fully capable of, I had this goal, no one really else was around me to help to, for this example, I just made it work. I didn't even have internet. I used a library for internet but um, and printers, but essentially, right? Um, at the end of the day is, yeah, the education system did not, I would say the education system was like fun and like, and I'll impress by saying, the skill that I have also is that I'm actually really great at vision, but also execution. And so I'm actually realizing this with your question today, it's that, yes, I was independent, which allowed me to then like facilitate my own vision. But I think what the education system does also allow people to do is like have that execution background in terms of you're able to, if you take advantage of it and you're able to do it well, right? You're able to actually like, okay, put yourself on a schedule. You understand what that concept kind of means, right? To be on a schedule, to have a deadline, to have a due date, to have something build up on each other, to build up on something. And so you kind of have that understanding, but then it's sort of like, how do you define that yourself? And that's what ends up being missing, right? How do you define your own process? How do you define and determine your own deadline, right? How do you like manage yourself to, to that deadline when you don't have someone saying like, you got an F because you didn't make it, or you got an A and here's a gold star because you did make it. Or your parents are like, here's a piece of candy. Yeah, you, you know, whatever it may be. And that's, so I do think that the education system is not helping right? But it's definitely, there's some harm to it in terms of, you know, just how it is that it's training people or not training people, I should say, in self-management and in, you know, working towards their own tasks. There are also other things that education system in terms of what it doesn't teach people. It's not out here teaching entrepreneurship. There are some schools, I mean, there are, I would say like there's probably alternative school models and there are some, you know, I'd say there's some charter schools that are probably based on the idea of innovation and all that stuff that like is helping, you know, but it's very few and far in between. Like you, like, so uh, the majority of people um, are going through not those systems. And so it is leading to, you know, just a lack of knowledge and lack of awareness. And then I think of it as one of those things where someone might be listening to this and saying, yes, like, but this is Google and this is internet. And the thing is something that, something that I, you know, thought about, especially back in like even high school, it was that, yes, Google is great, right? But it's only good if you know what you're looking for. Yes. You like you, it doesn't, it isn't just like, you don't just like pop up on Google and the answer's just there. You have to know what to search. So if no one is telling you to search real estate investing, how will you even know that that's what you should search, right? And that's what it comes out to when it comes to information accessibility and information and resources that people I think don't understand. It's like, you gotta know in order for you to even search it for it to even pop up. Like, it's just not like, it's not just gonna like pop up. And it's like, why didn't this person know this thing? Because it's like, they didn't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so I think that's what it ends up coming down to is that it's only good if you know what you're searching for, right? YouTube University is good if you know that you can watch, like, you don't just have to watch music videos on YouTube. There's actually people doing courses on YouTube. Did you know that? Who knew, right? Like, and so there's some people who don't even know that, right? And there are people who do know that. And so they're leveraging it and they're using it to learn about entrepreneurship, right? But then at the end of the day, it's those things aren't keeping you accountable, right? It's like, you can they stay stuck in research phase and planning phase and like I'm learning though and it's like yeah but are you doing something with that knowledge like you know you can you can learn how to do sit-ups but are you doing sit-ups like you can you can learn how to run but are you running <laughs> you know you can learn you can learn about meditation and the power of meditation but are you meditating and so that's what it comes out to at the end of the day right and so being able to know what it is that you need to look for right and then look for it and then actually also take action on it as well too 
yeah you said a lot in there but 100 like that i had tweeted i don't know fairly recently like yeah like how do you how do you figure out what you don't know and somebody had commented like you just talk to people which like i think that's like half of it like if you're okay with reaching out to people but i think that's also the the fact of like having some sort of whether it's institution per se like quote unquote or like something that exposes you to this and um like yeah that's like the most powerful tool is like just showing up to a lecture or a class and somebody talking about it and then them providing you with like valuable resources that are trustworthy first of all not some like random thing thrown up on google that like is trash but like actual useful information that's um gonna help you then like you have the tools to like move forward but you can't figure out what these tools even are you won't even think about using them because you don't know what they are anyway exactly yeah and even to that i mean to the point person's comment they said okay talk to people but then your question is going to be like what people who do i find (laughs) these people who do i talk to what do i say i don't understand talk to people the person the grocer my 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 mechanic like who am i talking to (laughs) like you know (laughs) like my neighbor like my cousin Uh, okay like you know and so even that you know even that has its its questions that leads to more you know answers and you know or that lead, that could lead to answers if you're like okay you could type in google like who do i talk to and google's gonna be like here's oprah oprah likes to talk to people like you know <laughs> and you're gonna be, right like it could pop up anything honestly at the end of the day and so you just had to be you have to just know what you're looking for and like be able to look for it but also just be open right it's being open to just like what is coming your way, right? I think that's a powerful thing in terms of when you are, like once you've decided on something, once you are determined to do something, things just come your way, right? There are people, it's just a matter of, sometimes people don't see the things that come their way, but there are things always coming your way. There's always like, I always believe there's always signs and there's always something that's just like telling you to go somewhere different, right? And it's one of those things where I had, oh, some cultures I dealt with in corporate America, let me tell you. So, but essentially, <laughs> it was a, wasn't a positive experience for me. And reach, I might like at the first within the first three months, I was having like a panic attack. Like I just did not even want to wake up out of bed. Like that was just the first three months. You would think I would then be like, oh, let me like leave. Nope. I was like, well, maybe it's some other thing. Let me readjust, calibrate. But yeah, but essentially, it's like all those experiences. Yes, they were bad, but it was everything was like a sign telling me to go somewhere else right? And it's because of that that I'm here today, right? So it's one of those things where once you stay open and just be aware of like something is happening for you, you got to figure out what it is and why it is happening for you, right? And just being open to that. And even if it means it's scary, it's going to be scary. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, like, do I really, if Vanessa tell me to cut ties with this person, it's probably, I was probably telling you this during this conversation, you probably were thinking about someone. Guess what that means? That means that's someone <laughs> that needs to probably needs to go goodbye at least this month it needs to go goodbye sayonara or see you later but like see you in 10 years later okay but it's probably what needs to happen but that's a whole nother story yes <laughs> that's what i'll say there but yeah <laughs> what was something that was either internally or externally by others deemed a failure at the time but now looking back on it maybe you don't deem it as a success quote unquote but it was something pivotal in your life, whether it was an event or experience that really changed or impacted you? 
So I feel like you want a failure in life. So I'm gonna go with failure in life. So failure in life, I would say is, and probably I'm probably the only one who remembers this moment, but essentially there was a moment, I was on track and field in high school. And then this moment last year, senior year, last race, or it was the race that I didn't think it was gonna be the last race, but essentially what ended up happening was that, you know, I was running, I was like, oh, you know, I was like, oh, this race, I'm gonna try to keep up with the number one person on the team. So then I was like, oh, yeah, and I was like, she's probably gonna sprint at some point in time, because she's a good runner, but that's okay, I'm gonna keep up with her while I can, before she starts sprinting, because I, I did mid-distance. So I was like, okay, cool, let me keep up with her. It was like 1,000 meters, I forget, I'm, maybe not. But anyways, just kept up running, cool, cool, cool. And then finally she sprints as I expected, I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> See you, girl. And then I was like running, running, running. Now at some point, I'm like about to hit, like, I feel I was about to be like, third place right and I'm like sprinting this last like quarter mile and I'm like uh you know I'm like, I can't feel my legs oh my god what's happening oh my god like is my legs disappearing oh no am I gonna trip and fall oh my gosh oh my god so now I slow down I slow down I was like 50 meters from the line I slowed down and then someone else was behind me passed me two people passed me on the race and then I cross and then I was like when will this happen <laughs> And then I like finish the race, right? And I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's okay. The next, the next competition we have with the other school is gonna be like in two days. Like it's all good. Taylor, what happened that next day? Y'all didn't make it. There was a blizzard. Oh gosh. So they postponed the race. There was a blizzard. I had never in my four years being on that team had ever had a blizzard come in the way of a race. There was a blizzard. Cool. But that's okay. That's okay. The finals are until another couple of days. So they're just going to reschedule that next one. Cool. So they reschedule that next one. Guess what happened that day? Another, another blizzard. <laughs> another storm. <laughs> so essentially, that ended up being my last race. There was never, there was not a next time. There was not a later. There was not a, oh, you know, I'll be able to like make up for it. That was my moment. And I told myself, no, <laughs> right? That was my moment and I stopped myself. That was my moment and I only have myself to blame, right? And that's, and that's essentially in that moment. <laughs> so in that moment, that was a failure. One could say that was a failure, right? For me, it was a self-failure. For me, it was a moment where I was like, you know what? No regrets. No, we're not going to live life. For no regrets. Also, it was also just the importance of self-management, right? Just the importance of there's not going to be a next time. Next time is not guaranteed, right? And like in the grand scope of things, this time is not guaranteed because I could just die tomorrow, like whatever. That I've known since I was like eight years old. But in terms of just like, you know, you want to try to do something, you want to accomplish a school and you had this opportunity to do it. And then you're like, next time. And then you stop yourself and you fall short of it. And guess what? Two people run past you guess what the next time doesn't come because of all the things that could have happened that never happened before all of a sudden it's like two snowstorms and I was like what <laughs> like and then and then they were like oh never mind we're not gonna do those races anymore we're just gonna go straight to the finals I didn't even have the chance to race in that final but if I had if I had decided to keep on going I would have raced in that final but I didn't keep on going I stopped I let my my pain my confusion my thoughts of worry my thoughts of doubt stop me slow me down essentially literally slow me down literally <laughs> like literally slowed me down the world really said she, she this, this, we're gonna teach her a lesson we're gonna teach pretty her much so quick. pretty much that's what happened so since then that moment so that, that was essentially the moment there Oh, that's what I'm saying. That's like a big, a big failure of my life, I would say, in terms of like my definition of failure. And yes, in terms of the business definition of failure, like there was one time I did hire someone 
on my team like maybe a couple years back and it wasn't the right fit it wasn't meant to be no I'm saying no I'm gonna say it was the right fit and that she is a great person and I'm really great at hiring people that is a lesson but I wasn't at the right space in the business for her I didn't have a clear plan I had a vision but I didn't have a clear plan for the vision and so she ended up being all over the place and then because I was in I was all over the place and so it was a whole situation that's a business lesson my failure in life though that race a lot of lessons learned there. Well, thank you for sharing that. If you had a book written about you, what would the title of the book be? That is such a great question, Taylor. Mm. You know, I feel like someone asked me this question like a year ago and I had an answer. It's probably a different answer today, but what is that answer going to be? So I would say, keep your head up. I would say that is a quote that was from the Tupac's Tupac. Tupac. Um, but that is especially that song title was a really powerful quote for me, at least since I was like, I will say 12, 13 years old and we moved to Boston, Massachusetts and all that stuff. That was a pretty important quote for me, quote for me for a really long time. If you had 30 to 60 seconds to describe to a complete stranger who came up to you on the side of the street, what you do, what would you say? I catalyze people's vision so that one day when that faithful day comes, they can say that they didn't have to say shoulda, coulda, woulda, because they move forward in their path, in their dreams, and what it is that they were meant to do. Mm. Yep. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you got it down pat. There we go. Yes, ma'am. You can kind of encompass everything that you do under this umbrella. So it's like, what are two pros and two cons to what you do? Two pros and two cons what I do. So I'll take this from the business coaching aspect in terms of pros is that I continue to inspire people to forward in their life. Another pro um, is that I am impacting the world. Like for me, I think about it back to my doctor days, my doctor thinking days where I was like, you know, I could impact millions of people, but even as a neurosurgeon, even that one brain I fix will help, could, could save the world. And that's okay with me. So one life at a time. But anyways, yeah, so I take that even like I say a pro in the business that I'm doing is that, you know, it's one business at a time, right? But one business at a time that has a multiplier effect in terms of that business impacts more clients and customers, right? And, you know, just, it's just a multiplier. <laughs> it's exponential, exponential impact. And so I love that. In terms of a con, the con is just entrepreneurship. It's just the, the journey, of all the, 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 it's not the entrepreneurship, it's the tough parts of entrepreneurship and that it is the, you know, the, the long game of it. It's a long game, right? At least the work that I'm doing is a long game. It's not a, like, this is not a get rich quick type of situation, <laughs> like, right? It is a long game. And so I say that's a con, you know, I'm a patient person. I did, I did grow up taking buses and trains, but still, still that's a con. <laughs> and then I'll say, what's another con? I don't know. What's another con? What do people say, Taylor? I mean, hours could be a con, your work-life balance. Time is my best friend. I mean, you can leave it at one con. If one con's like, that does it, encompasses everything for you. Yeah, I'll say that's pretty much that. Just that one con is a, it's the long game of it all. Oh, I guess. And because of the long game, the one con, I mean, the con to that, the expanded con to that is just, you know, because essentially another one of my goals is to retire my mother. And so it's, she has a, well, at least to have her live a life even after retirement, you know, if we don't get to that, but at least have her live a life after retirement. And so the con is that it's just taking a little bit longer than usual. <laughs> and then I was like, that's the con. So yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Yes, I'm, yeah, that's a very just heartfelt endeavor to take on and commend you for that. So keep it up. 
if you had 24 hours to live, unlimited money, and could travel anywhere at the snap of your fingers and bring whoever you wanted, what would you do? I want to say Canada. I'll go to Canada. And Toronto specifically, but Toronto, Canada, Toronto. And they're just nice people, but it's also kind of like New York, so I like it. Okay, so Toronto, and then I would bring, who would I bring? My soulmate. But I don't know who that is, but essentially the universe will tell me who it is. And I would bring that person with me. That is amazing. All right. I'm excited to see how that 24 hours works out. That sounds like it would be very, very exciting. If you're soulmates, you're going to get on right away. I presume. Precisely. Yes, exactly. Yes. So, no awkward <laughs> silences there or anything. Exactly. Um, and dive right in. It'd be killer. Yes. I die with love. I'll die with some love, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Would Vanessa at 8, 10, 12, whatever age you want to kind of pick in that range, give or take a year or two, would she be happy with where you are now and what you're doing? Yes. Yes, she would. Because at eight, I was watching. Eight is the moment when I started, I thought about my funeral. It was the time when I thought about my funeral at the age of eight. And because I was seeing a lot of people die, a lot of kids dying on the news, you know, the news like to expand stuff for a couple of days. So there was a pattern and trend. And I was like, oh my God, that could be me. And I was like, then thinking about my funeral. And I was like, what do I want people to say at my funeral? And it was like the idea of, you know, Vanessa impacted my life positively or she did something to that effect. And so I was like, I think my eight-year-old self would be proud. What do you want to accomplish in the next six to 12 months, either personally, professionally, and or both? Yes, next six to 12 months, 8,000 members in my Facebook group, Skyrocket Your Side Business with Vanessa Zami. Uh, a couple hundred people in my Keep It Moving Business Accelerator called the Keep It Moving Business Accelerator. And what else do I want to accomplish six to 12 months? And yeah, essentially impacting more lives and maybe hiring someone new as well too on the team. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe quitting my job as well too, I guess. But it's not really a priority, but it's like, yeah, I guess. It's like one of the leaders, like, ah. You know, again, I'm really good with time. So I'm like, work-life balance is like always been a thing for me. That's why people would ask me, Vanessa, how do you do it? And that's why I wrote a book about it. But uh, yeah, but essentially, yeah, that's what I would say. All right. And then the last bit is where can people find you? Yes. So uh, in terms of where you can find me, I am in my community, in my group. So vzami.com. So if you head on over to v, my last name.com, that's v, z is a zebra, a animal, and money, y.com. Then you'll be able to sign up for our community of ambitious, purpose-led solopreneurs. And then it'll be directed to the Facebook group. And I'm there like every day. That's my main marketing platform and where you can find me. My two takeaways from my conversation with Vanessa are first, attitude matters. Not just strictly speaking about how she approached the podcast and this just bright light that she shined on it and made me feel good the instant she came on, but just overall and how having a positive outlook and bringing that energy to the table or the boardroom will not only increase your own satisfaction with what you're doing, but it will also impact others as well. And it's pretty cool to be the force that changes the way a room feels or to take a situation where people are typically feeling down in the dumps and to bring them up. When you see that smile on their face, it changes the entire atmosphere. And an event that's typically known as being just a drag could be one of the best things that you've done all day or all week or all year. 
The second is ask why to yourself about why you want something. Getting to the root of your choices and desires to not only better understand yourself, but to really know your motivations behind the things you're going to do. To help impact your path moving forward, if you want to be a doctor, for instance, like Vanessa, she had to ask herself why and she wanted to help people but didn't feel like that was a strong enough reason to go through 13 years or so of medical school and to get in these absorbent amounts of debt to do that. She could help people in other ways if that's really what she wanted to do and she found alternative routes. 